coming at you from Scratch Wolf Studio. It's that time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite World of the Apocalypse podcast. To my left, a man who never does his own laundry, Mr. Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. To my right, someone who always gets it to go, Mr. Tommy Dixon. Hey, everybody. And hey, special guest with us today, coming from locations unknown, Mr. C. Grant Rose. So, hey, how, uh, how's everybody doing? Nice to be here. <laughs> doing, doing, doing good, man. Doing good. How are you doing? Busy as all hell, you know, always busy, always doing something. Yep. Uh, it's, it's good to have you back on, though. Yes, Grant, thanks for coming back. Been a little while. I know you are um, not currently in your home office. You are you are in parts unknown, so we appreciate you taking the time. I am, and I appreciate Danny's uh, bomb-ass editing skills, because this is going to take a little bit more work. <laughs> oh, probably. I think we might even, you know, sabotage him a little bit here and there. <laughs> that that works. Just a karate chop to the gut, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> All day, buddy. All oh, day. perfect. I can't wait. I'm just going to start counting. <laughs> so, we have talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. Yeah, we have. We It's one of these it's one of these little fantasy shows, right? That like, we kept talking about and no one believed would actually ever happen. Including us. <laughs> right. But uh, today we are going to hop on the Oriental Express and talk about the Hengiokai. <laughs> shoot, shoot. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what federal will you choo choose? <laughs> Lots of train jokes this episode. Make sure you count them. What is this? No. No, just, it's just a reference to Sushi Express. Yeah. Sushi Express. <laughs> the train themed sushi restaurant. Which I would go to. I totally would. Well, that's why, if, in, in fact, if you're new to the show, we're, we're, I swear we're not being racist. <laughs> I, I was in Virginia um, for a while on a thing. And I, there was this restaurant near where I was staying called Sushi Express. And I didn't want to go in because I built the mental image of this man who was obsessed with trains and worked it into the restaurant. So it was a sushi, the- a train-themed sushi restaurant. And tell me the trains deliver the sushi. Yeah, well, it would be like the wasabi and the soy sauce yeah, yeah, would be yeah, in yeah. like a little train around mm-hmm. the sushi bar. See, and that would be awesome. So. Right. And like he was like, it was Toshio or something, right? He'd be like so happy, you know, to have his train-themed restaurant. It's his dream. And he'd be there as the host. And he'd be like, welcome to Sushi Express. What type of sushi would you choo-choose? This is perfect. And I right. need to go to this restaurant exactly. right now. And like, so I wouldn't go into the restaurant because I knew that wasn't what was happening there. And I didn't want to break my immersion and like ruin it for me. It's like finding out Santa wasn't real. What? Santa's not real? What? No. Oh, shit. Sorry, Danny. I'm, this year's going to suck. I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I piled it on a little thick there. <laughs> but I would totally go to this restaurant. So oh, like, no. I stand by I stand somebody by Sushi open, Express. Somebody open this restaurant. That's amazing. I, I right? will be there. <laughs> the waitresses could be like kimonos with conductor hats. Amazing. Oh, beautiful. Just the most confused fusion of the two concepts possible. And the coveralls. Why not? <laughs> oh, the striped shirts underneath. Oh, jeez. Or <laughs> aboard Wasubi Station. Shout out to our, our editing, our new editing friend. Thanks for the help. Yes. A new editing friend. You know, and doing a show was, was a little bit of a myth. I think we've, we've brought it up so long that, that I don't think anyone thinks was ever actually going to happen. Well, remember how long it takes us to complete a thing. I, you know, believe it's it or not. You're adding me to the thing. That's so. true. That, that well. just waylays us by like six months, all full stop. <laughs> and then the day of, it's another six more hours. I was gay, you know, I, was, I wasn't going to throw him under the bus, and then I just was really going to, and then you beat me to it. Or six is the new three Bs. 
<laughs> you said threw him under the bus. I was just going to put him on the train tracks. He just can't let it go. No, but believe it or not, we're finally getting to the Hengi Okai. And holy shit, Hengi Okai part one. Part one, yeah, we're going to... We, we promised a two-parter, and it's it, going to be a two-parter. And it's yeah. going to be recorded today. So it's not going to be one of those, we promise we'll get to part two, like with the Glasswalker episode. Oh, <laughs> oh don't remind me. <laughs> it never came back. Right, no. that, that, that two years ago, we were like, oh, we're going to finish this conversation later. It's, it's never going to happen. <laughs> but again, Grant, great to have you back. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to be back. And um, if you have not tuned in before, that's weird, but we're glad to have you. <laughs> Welcome to Rage Across the Internet. <laughs> That's weird. We're a bunch of goons who love werewolf and love talking about it and have fun. And so you're going to have fun with us or else because Danny might know where you live already. I might. <laughs> I have, That's I, weird. <laughs> I have gained some hacking skills over the times of editing. That's that's a lie. Yeah. You're right. He is a professional grade <laughs> creep and stalker, though. <laughs> Number one on that list. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be the best comments. at something, though. And I mean, take pride in that. No comment. Um, that said, if you like what you hear, hopefully we make you laugh. Yes. And, um, you know, if you like what you hear, you can please support us, help, which you can do, um, through word of mouth, you know, tell everyone, you know, about us, get them in here, get them to laugh with you. They, they can be in on the jokes too. That's the important part. Sure. Lots of inside jokes. Lots of inside jokes. There's, there's a few. We, and occasionally we call back to a thing. We still got to make a lexicon. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. Someday. <laughs> You know, just you can like this episode, just like this episode, <laughs> yeah. someday it'll happen. You can go join us in the discord. Um, and of course, uh, if you are in a position to, you can, uh, go hook up to our Ko-Fi and become a backer. We get some sweet little, um, rewards to some, some thank yous to our backers. Yeah. Actually, we just got off of a backer hangout night last night. Yep. As a trip. No, always <laughs> is. Wasn't as good as last month's. No, it's been. But that's what happens when we like pick a movie that nobody's seen before. You roll the dice. Yeah. You know, risk reward. <laughs> there's not a chance of being miserable for an hour and a half. Then there's what's the point? I mean, yes, you are correct. But it's like the, putting on a cheat code, you know? There's enough camaraderie, it's not miserable. No, it's not, but the movie definitely was the one the movie was pretty was, bad. Yeah, one of the movies was really miserable. But, but we, yes, we had we, fun. Yes. It's, you know. It's good to hang out with the backers. You guys are fucking awesome. It's, it's always good to have you guys around. Yes. And we, you know, we're, of course, we're very grateful for your support. It's a big deal. And again, if you can't or don't want to support us uh, with, with money, word of mouth, share, you know, the, share the posts, like the posts. Yep. Uh, f- reviews. Give us some five stars. It's not for, it's not for us. It's for the algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but you know, I mean, you can, you can do us a five star and say Danny smells like pea soup. That's also weird, but that's what you're, you're that's, what, that's what's in your heart, you know. Yeah, that's right. What's in your heart. And again, if you want to do like real reviews and feedback, that's that's nice too. We want to know that we're we're doing good work out there. We try our best. Yeah, it's, you know, we're we're trying. But uh, and yeah, again, we mentioned the Discord. That's a good time. Good folks there. We we pop on as often as we can. Uh, Grant is around as, as well. So if you want to talk to us or any of the great people on there, you can get to the Discord. The link is in our website, which is rageacrosstheinternet.com. Of the calm. Done. That was that was too. I can't top that. <laughs> That's fine. That'll be fine. Whatever. I gave you a few seconds to say it. So I wanted you to go. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. did. And I can't top it now. But I'm, I'm sure that'll be. We'll, we'll trim that. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's good enough. Now with this book, there is a huge warning at the beginning. 
Literally, word from word from the book. Although Hengiokai characters can be blended into groups of Westerners, you should do so very carefully. If Hengiokai immediately start popping up in seps and packs across the West, the flavor of the book, the flavor of the exorcism is lost. So, essentially, this is its own game. Be careful what you do with it. Correct. It, it, I mean, it really almost, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the lore, the world, it's so vastly different than the Garu Nation. They're not really compatible. They're not compatible ideologies, the philosophies, the umbras are different. This is such weird shit. It, it's, it's basically its own game entirely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not a bad thing. No, 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 I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And, and obviously for us playing and, and, what we know compared to what we use when we're playing game. Obviously, I know Hengaoke is a thing, but not until this book did I realize the vast differences. Well, and it's it, changing breeds. It's not Garu. It's not werewolves. Right. Well, but, not, not only that, but it, it's almost like the other... Well, no, it's not even almost like it is the other side of the world. Yes. That's very good. Thank you. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Give him more time to think on that thought. Uh, forget it. Just fucking forget it. Uh, I didn't. My know. script here, it's in parentheses. Let let Danny get it. Oh, oh, oh nice. No. That's a callback. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're welcome. Backers. Yeah, yeah welcome backers. Welcome, yep. yeah, welcome Golden Beyond. <laughs> yeah, so my, my big thing when it comes to Hingi Yokai is that, you know, when they first envisioned it, I think they envisioned it to sort of bridge a gap between the whole Kinder to the East uh, splat they were just coming out with and all those those Eastern concepts are kind of trying to fix what the War of Darkness in the Far East is all about. And it, I think they used the Hengi Yokai as sort of like the centerpiece to try to build it off of. That being said, you know, for modern sensibilities, it is, you know, very, very, very off of what is would be considered okay on a lot of stuff nowadays so you definitely need to if you have you know younger players and stuff you're gonna have to adjust how you play the stop these types of games just to uh don't become blatant with uh, certain insensitive topics you know especially as a westerner <laughs> well I, I think a few things on that um number one i mean you're absolutely right talking about the the kindred of the east and at the same time there was also demon hunter x that came out in that same era yeah. so they were building this entire eastern I don't want to say spinoff, but for lack of a better term, right? I know what and, you mean. And is anime inspired, and that's the thing, is where the world of darkness, as we know it, is, is very much a shittier version of the world uh, at the time, you know, a snapshot of, of, of the era. And it, it seems to me that the um, the Eastern books, again, the Demon Hunter X, your Hengi Okai, your Kindred of the East, are more geared toward um, idealized version. It, it's more anime. Absolutely. Then yeah, I would actually play that up completely. Like, it's not, unlike the world of darkness in the West, is sort of based on like real life Western world of darkness concepts uh, or real life Western concepts. The Hengi Yokai and all the Eastern stuff is actually seemingly based on like stylized fiction coming yes. out of the East. And I think that's uh, so important. It's not actually based on, yeah, it is. It's very important. It's, it's not like you, because it's not actually based on the real East, it's based on this whole fictional you know, fiction and uh, culture that's come from the East, but it's not actually based on the East or actual history. Right. And like, and so I, and I felt it's important to bring that up because like when you mentioned that, you know, sensibilities and people getting offended and maybe, maybe don't everyone just here wanted to have a good time 
And like, you know, as I read through Hanky Okai, I think about especially when that when these books were coming out, you you had Cartoon Network had just started doing anime. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you have stuff like I look at the shit that was airing around the time this book was being worked on and came out, and you had shit like uh Ronin Warriors. You had Tenshi Muyo, you had Inuyasha, and I'm reading this this Hengiokai book, and I'm seeing these influences all over the book. Now I don't know what was in the heart of the, uh, of the people who were writing it, but I haven't thought of Inuyasha in 15 years. <laughs> was Roni Kenshin around too? Around yeah, the time? probably. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. I'm, you know, I'm seeing it, so that makes yeah, sense. it it very much has that aesthetic uh, involved. And I mean, other influences, I'm sure. But it's, yeah, you know, if, if you're looking at it today through today's lens, maybe take a breath and relax and look at it through an anime lens and not a cultural, it, it's not what we're doing. It, it was just about having fun. Yeah, and it, it definitely helped when I was doing the research. I did look at it through a little bit of an anime lens because that's how I know the East kind of so. Right? I mean, I grew up with anime, so this was, looking through that lens, it helped. It, it makes sense because I was never into anime during that time, I've only like lightly got into it. We're trying, everybody. Yeah, he, and now <laughs> he's like, dipping his pinky it. toe in right now. But my point is that I I'm slowly seeing this, and if I had that previous information while reading this book, I probably would have been able to see it faster. But like I'm getting glimpses of it, and it makes sense. But now that you're saying it out loud, it's it's like me putting two and two together, and yeah. Most of this is a lot more fiction compared to the other side, if you want to call it that. And, and you know, right? I, I would say here, and that I mean, obviously, it was a deliberate choice. Mm-hmm. But in 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 the way that we have that accurate or not at times, that that that's such the look at the real, you know, through the regular world of darkness. That 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 tonal shift to make it more. It's like what I'll talk about when I talk about the Wild West. You know, where you have your more historical type westerns or your Hollywood westerns, right? And it's like they they definitely went Hollywood for oh, uh, yeah. for Hengi Okai. And I mean, if you don't believe me, and I mean, I know you guys do, open the front of the book, and it starts with a goddamn manga. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I read it, and it was good. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. No, it's cool. It's <laughs> a good one. But that's the thing. Like even in in that edition, in the second edition, you know, you had comic books in the you know the comics in the beginning of the of the tri books and everything mm-hmm. so this kind of tracks but no this was manga they the the art style was specific you know they were very, very clear specific yeah you know they were leaning into it and that's okay and just do that and have fun like fucking please and thank you so circling back around yes uh, so but i know we're going to get into it with this episode um however i think it does bear mentioning that you know everyone talks about cross cross splat play and all that stuff if I was actually going to plan and build a cross splat chronicle as of right now, I would do it in the Hingi Yokai arena. It is by far of the old World of Darkness, the one that is that lends itself most to that type of inter cross splat play. All the books, you know, the, the the Mage, Dragons of the East book, um, Demon Hunter X, Kindred of the East, uh, Hingi Yokai, all of them have elements that are included and taken into consideration in all the other splats. So it's the one part of the world of darkness where it's sort of meant to all go together. And if I was going to do a chronicle like that, that's definitely the, the setting that I would do it in. Uh, not only do I agree, but I didn't, I didn't know about the mage one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and by the way, 
First of all, I just said that's cool. Yeah, I was like, that wow. was weird. It took me back for a second. <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, you saw the face I gave. Yeah, no, yeah, Whoa. no, like I'm. Yeah. That's cool. And, and immediately I went to Big Trouble in Little China. Like yeah, immediately that, that popped into my brain as soon as as soon as Dragons of the East and thinking, oh, like Lo Chen and he's got the like, oh man, that's awesome. Which, yeah, okay, I'm into it. That's me. That's me I mean, that said that. I know. That's why it's funny. <laughs> you know what else? The Hengi Okai are cool. Yes, I, I will agree 100 with this. But the, Porter said that though. Yeah, for everyone who thinks Porter hates Farah, <laughs> they know exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, who said that? Everyone. I, I, they just, about everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just about everyone. Just by everyone. Like, fair. although we've never once said it. It's fair. We've gone out of our way to say that we like. It's almost a we doth protest too much though. Right. Like we we fucking we triple down and no, we don't hate him. We just don't like him. <laughs> It's a werewolf game. <laughs> no, and that's the point. But <laughs> yeah, but Hengiokai is not a werewolf game. Right. Which is why this is awesome. Right. You can mix, you can cross the streams here and not end reality. <laughs> and not shit on the lore, pretty right. much. This, like that. that's, that's the thing. You can definitely mix everything you want here and it will still be coherent. Well, and, you will shit on the lore if you start bringing them into the... Well, other side. Which is well, why you had, that's why there's the caution at the beginning of right. this book is you it's tread with caution trying to mix the two well even then there's the the, the how like in small amounts that's okay but you know we'll get into that later because mm-hmm. we got a lot of ground to cover there's a reason this could be a two-part yeah, guys huge pieces of ground to cover here so i mean i think um it, it's starting from the start right it's important to know that yeah the hengi yokai philosophy is not compatible with the garu nation and to be clear, it's the, you know, the Gaur Nations of the West, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And in here with the world, the realm of the Hengiokai, that's the beast courts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are those terms you're going to hear them a lot. So we don't have to <laughs> double down on them and there, remind there's you. There's your hat right yep. there. Yeah. Gaur we Nation, will reference, beast courts. We will Got reference it. beast courts a ton. Yes, we will. And they, they're weirdo creepy lexicon that we're going to try to mitigate as much as we can, <laughs> just like we do with all the other breeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, we will get there. Before we like super dived into this, I just wanted to get it's right at the beginning of the history, but mm-hmm. it was just it's one of their greatest difficulties that the Hengeokai face is the language barrier. Now think about that. How many different types of languages are gonna be based in this beast courts? No, it's gotta be nuts because yeah, you know, the beast courts it it's not just Japan. Like you instantly no. wanna go there, you know, and but it's Japan, it's China, you know, it, it, it's the whole fucking region. It's, it's Asia. Yeah. Asia. It's the Asian region. And think about how many dialects are over there, all of that. Right? Like, things got to get rough in the heat of the moment. I mean, and, it, and the situation gets more exacerbated by the fact that each species has a difficulty understanding another breed's communication. For each shapeshifter's tongue is a mix of body motion, scent release, and sound emanations, all peculiar to the werebeast in question. So how would they overcome this hurdle? It's, it's important. It's a good that you bring that up because like a normal in the nation, mm-hmm. you can come across that problem as well, you know, because it's, you know, it's the rest of the world is the nation. Exactly. Right. So it's like, hey, you got the Chicago and, you know, we're going to do the it with the bears and then you're over in Russia and like they don't speak the Russian and just fucking I want a cheesesteak. But you have the Garu tongue. Right. Correct. For Garu. Yes. Right. And yeah, that doesn't. Garu. Yeah. That doesn't work over there. I mean, could you imagine? Like, 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 <laughs> kind of. You, you've got a, you've got the the Haken there doing Garu tongue, and then like again the Samobito, and he he goes to Fish Lupus and just flops around a bit, <laughs> and they still can't understand each other. So, flops around. 
So how do they overcome this? That's a good question. How do it's they overcome an this? extensive use of the gifts, mind speak, and waking dream of unity. I was hoping yep. you were going to say interpretive dance. That would be fun. That's kind hilarious. of what that second gift sounded like. So, <laughs> so this focus on mental speech allows them to communicate ideas, images, and abstract thought with other willing Shen as well as the Sunset people. Now, hey, we've lexicon. hit our first weirdo lexicon word. The Shen. Both. The, the Shen two. is any Asian supernatural or awakened being. It's the catch-all term for all the shit that goes bump in the night or like in the midday. I don't know how off. I don't know mages working business hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the sunset people, any Western Garu. So yes. Ev- only Western Garu? Western Garu, yes. Okay. Basically, Garu. You think about it, it's just pretty much Garu. The nation mm-hmm. is the sunset people. Is the nation. Okay. Garu. Here, I'm thinking it was just everybody other than there. Well, I mean, everyone relevant, right? Mm, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and so to put a hat on this, the uh, waking dream speech is the official language of all the courts. So they can all be unified. All the beast folk can be unified under a universal language of ideas and beliefs that goes beyond the limitations of the species boundaries. It's a, it's a good question. It's a good thing to get out of the way. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got that because you got to think about that with how many different types of beasts. Oh, it'd, be an there, right? oh, yeah. it'd be a nightmare just trying to unify these people and they're very unified. Which is, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's weird to think about because how many times have we said it that all the other pharaoh hate each other and there's a reason why they lost the War of Rage because none of them are going to... Well, they didn't have a War of Rage. Well, no, I, I'm talking about... No, I know, but... Why, but, but, yeah. Yeah, but it's called a second. They did have a War of Shame. They did, but not... Not yet. Yet. We will get there. This, you're jumping way ahead there, Grant. <laughs> There's a lot more history prior to this. I mean, we are going to be jumping around because oh, otherwise, to. yeah. That's fair. It'll, it'll get boring even with us being stupid. <laughs> um, but no, um, they didn't have a war of rage, and that was a big deal. So they were all ended up kind of kind of buddies. But the thing is they did get fucked up in great battles with Bane Lords called the Yama Kings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Yama Kings is going to be probably be brought up like a lot. So there you go. Yes. They're, they're powerful Bane Lords. Yep. So also Yama Kings is at the big bad and a lot of the other splats of the East as well. They're considered a major antagonist, uh, not only in uh, the Kindred of the East, but also in like the Rafe adjacent books that is also part of Kindred of the East. Even uh, into the you know, Drags of the East Mage Splat variety of the Far East. Like Yama Kings, they're, they're the fucking badasses. And them and the Akuma that support them, they could be used as an antagonist for not only the Hinga Yokai, but anybody in the Far East. Hmm. And that's something, um, again, jumping around a little bit at this point. So Grant brings up the Kumo, which are the, the Anansi. Yeah, the Ananasi, the were spiders. Yes, but they're they're known as the goblin spiders, which is already cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. And Actually, like, I mentioned the Akuma. The Akuma are akin to the East that willingly follow the Yama kings that have been known to hunt down Shin in the area. Well, I misheard you. Also, not to be confused <laughs> with the Okumi. With the bears. Yes. Yeah. There's some very the close wordage here. The bears. The bears. The bears. The bears. <laughs> yep. So you could see where maybe there was some confusion there. Yeah, there's there's a few, like, yeah, I, I thought he said a thing. And That's then, no, probably going to happen a lot on these episodes. So no <laughs> yeah, worries. no, you know, I, I just thought he said Kumo wrong. So I'm so, like, oh, I'm going to swing in here with the thing. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that said, yeah, the the goblin spiders are. If if we're making a parallel, mm-hmm. I want to say like the black spiral dancers. Oh yeah, no, like it's not a one for one, but they're no. the Kuma or evil and very awesome. evil and yeah. very close to what a spiral would be. Well, remember when we did the Ananasi episode we and did. we said they all follow like different aspects. Oh, their fucking hierarchies. Yeah, their so hierarchies ridiculous. But remember, it was either an aspect of weaver or aspect of wild or aspect of worm. No, I, I remember. Yeah. And then they had like the other double <laughs> secret factions and then the extra brotherhoods of spider yep. arcs and it was so double dumb. secret probation. Right. And it was, yep. But all yeah. the Kumo were all following aspects of worm. Yes. All of them. <laughs> it's, it's like, Great oh, all right, well, I guess it makes it simple for that now. You, you don't have a choice. Well, you're not playing as them either because they are, they're the enemy. That too, yeah. And again, the radish shit. Like the artwork in, in the Hengio mm-hmm. book for the it's so they're so cool. I'm saying this about wear spiders, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, the wear spiders in the War of Darkness, they're kind of like the alignment, you know, like they, they follow the alignments from DD. Like you have three different things, you can follow them in three different ways. You can pick your your chaotic evil is going to be the goblin spiders, and your you know lawful neutral is going to be one of them that follows some weaver aspect. So well, they actually use the whole alignment system for the Ananasi. Well, and they you know the the wear spiders were all over the place always, and I think they were oh, yeah. probably hit by the addition, like <laughs> the, the addition changes the hardest of of everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, they smashed them with it. Right, like sometimes they're robots, sometimes they're vampires, sometimes sometimes you know, that was you smashed. You see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember because we did the two versions of the editions, and I remember those didn't line up at all. Right. In fact, I remember Grant actually sent a document to help us with the research on that one. He did, and it was like four pages of the changes between editions, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Yep. yep. Big changes too. Just, yep. Oh, all the changes, huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you 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 know there are the the Kumo and the one more time, Grant. Akuma. Oh, the Akuma? Akuma? Oh, okay. Yeah. Akuma. Oh, well, that's not Akuma. hard at all. I just yeah, didn't just... hear you right the first time. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, yeah, and both are through-line enemies is the thing, and that's that's pretty neat. The same way with, like, the Bane Lords. And, again, and you're going to hear this, I think you're probably going to hear this a lot. You know, you it, it conjures images and, like, the differences between how they work and how they hold court and shit like that, and we'll get into that as we get into the Umber and all that. But it is, again, very anime-inspired, that idea, like that giant ogre-looking thing, you know, with the club that's going to smash the fucking houses or whatever, and boom, there's, like, maybe there's a Yama King. Maybe that is a servant of the Yama King. So, yeah, it, it's a lot more creature-based, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, you know all of my creature designs, but, like, it's all right there. Like he, Oh, I agree. I think it's fucking cool as hell. <laughs> it's, it's good imagery. It's pretty amazing. Now here's Tom with the history. Okay, right back into it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So we can only waylay so much. That's, that's fine. I didn't know we were waiting on me. Okay, so these guys do history quite different. Um, their history starts with the Great Cycle, is what they call the history. And these go through ages. And then you get to picture this Great Cycle. So it plays out on a tapestry of life as a series of different ages. And to envision this, the Hengeoka use a wheel called the Wheel of Ages. Each of the spokes represent a different age by which the history and measure of time is placed. But the wheel is not just a measure. It is the manifestation of a series of lessons that make up various incarnations. Hmm. A little wordy there, yes. Right, like 
What? What? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> what? So, what? hold on. I dumbed it down. <laughs> uh, the great cycle of all time believed to begin with the birth of the universe. As the wheel turns to its lowest point, the earth suffers times of increased misery until it reaches its nadir and the world begins to ascend to a time of harmony once more. And that is, I believe, the twelfth age is the, is the ultimate goal. Is the ultimate goal. Right now, we are in the fifth Edging into the six. Edging into the six, which the six they predict to be the apocalypse. Right. Which may or may not be the end of all th- of everything, but But then there's still five more after that. Six I mean wheels turn. Six to twelve. Yeah, wheels six turn. To twelve. It's like a clock. Wheels turn. So you can think the wheel so is six turning. Is Try to picture a wheel. Or a clock. With spokes. Yeah. With hands. It's the or thing that half our it's audience can't read. Yeah, it's a clock. Ooh. <laughs> that's a ooh, ooh. that's a low blow. It is. Not sorry. CJ. He can't read an analog clock? Of course he can. I'm just, oh, just about to say. <laughs> Oof. We just busted somebody's balls. <laughs> um, so neat thing is, though, is these ages cannot be predicted on when they will pass. Only one can recognize when one has moved to the next. Well, and here's something, too. And this is where we talk a lot about how it's not um, really conducive to mix the two mythologies from the Nation and the Beast Courts. Because... The beast courts want to keep the wheel turning. Yes, it, it's it's how the um, or it's a great example of why the philosophies of the nation and the beast courts don't work. Because obviously, with the nation, we want to try to stop the apocalypse from happening. Right, right. Correct. Where we're just, fuck it, this isn't going to happen. Isn't the Hengiokai, However, the beast courts they they believe it's part of the cycle, right. so they want to make it happen. Because to get through the sixth age will lead you to the seventh age, where the, the antagonists in, and, and the Beast Court side of things want to break the wheel to keep it stuck at the apocalypse. Yep, to keep it stuck at the down at the worst point. Right. So, in, in, in essence, the Henkyokai are working to make sure the apocalypse happens. Yeah, that's what I'm... But there's also that's ways weird. where they twist it to where they want to try to reverse it and bring it back. Because it'd be quicker to go backwards than it would be to let the cycle complete. Well, it's the six age. It's, I know, it's halfway. So it's, I, we're almost there. We're back, we're back to the clock thing. Exactly. So we're gonna swim across the island. What? You get halfway there and go fuck it. I can't do it, and you swim all the way back. Sure. Some think that way. Yes. I mean, if you wanted to put it in that terms, it still, still makes sense. <laughs> you or, almost got the halfway point, but you said, fuck it, and turned around. No, no, you got the halfway point. Like, oh, I can't no, no, do we it. We haven't hit the sure. halfway point because Apocalypse hasn't happened. Yeah, we're, we're like 5.59. Okay. Yep. Well. It's like almost 6 o'clock. That's 60 seconds are very important. <laughs> like on a cosmic scale. That's like, I don't like a month and a half. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about the conversion rate. There wasn't a chart. Not yet. <laughs> still being worked on. This is our show. This is our show. (laughs) So the way they teach this is as they go through the ages, there's a lesson to be taught. They reflect back on the last four that have happened, and they teach a lesson per each one. So each one gives you a lesson, and that's how you know when the next age is upon us because the lesson has been realized. Which, which again, is is very romanticized Japanese. It is very... This like is, we're this underlining is where, the romanticized. This is where it, laughing. This here. is where it twisted the, the anime look. This is where that anime look right. really helps. But you know, and I, and, you know, you know, you, we have the ages. You know, they were broken down. We had the age of dawning, which was like obviously the beginning before anything got fucked up. The age of ten thousand things, which would be the coming of the gauntlet, where the Hingyokai were created. 
Am I stepping over your stuff here? I've Am got just... deep notes on every age. Oh, so. well, how much of it, you, you tell me how much <laughs> of it is how worth much talking is about. relevant is to you, do you think? I mean, I've got pages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's their history, and it's different than the Garu, so I didn't know if we should really dig deep or not. So I did write it down just in case. Well, I guess what's what's the, uh, the important bullet points, right? Well, the important bullet points. So we'll just we'll just start. So the first age. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go. And and all right. yeah, stop we'll me it when it's getting to be too much. So the first age is the age of dawning. Um, they believe there was no beginning for the passage of time is a creation after the singularity of Gaia. So I wanted to make sure I put that in because they think Gaia is first. Because I know we've always had that debate. Uh, right. Triad or Gaia was yeah, yeah. first. So they think it's after Gaia. Which kind of. Makes me laugh because we're saying that the the Western compared to the Eastern, the Eastern's very um, east. <laughs> fictional is the word I was trying to figure out here. I got you there, though. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. very east. Man, how much farther east can we go until you get to the West? Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alaska is typically you know where that starts. I'm actually very impressed that uh, Tom didn't go into his flat earth theories. So, Oh, all right. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) So the Hangioka, they believe that this was a time when spirit, mind, and body were of one. Nothing had broken apart yet. And the lesson they taught here is from this age is that is divinity. As Gaia's began in perfection and all things were born of perfection. So this is when everything was of heaven. Yeah, before anything got fucked up. Pretty much, which leads us into the second age, the age of the 10,000 things. And this was a time when all things began to divide their material selves from their spirit selves. Obviously, lands formed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, also, also, also I, I was just kidding about the flat earth thing. I was getting some side eye from Tom. Oh, no, I, <laughs> it's fine. You can you can throw me under the bus. I don't believe in it, but you can throw me under the bus. I'll take you don't it. believe in the bus? I don't believe in anything because I'm stuck in the first age. I was going to say, is that why you're... Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So amongst all that chaos, several factions actually formed. These were formed by the mixing of essences of the San Juan. Did anybody have anything on the San Juan? I was looking for you. Oh, boy. They didn't have anything in the codex for that. Grant? Give me one second. You have to remind me who the San Juan exactly were again. All the the Eastern stuff starts blending together at a certain point. Okay. No, exactly, right? So this is where... The Yama Kings were formed. Oh. Um, and the Ministers of Heaven. Yeah, that has to do, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, you're pronouncing a way that I didn't read it that way. So, yeah, that has to do with, like, the progenitor, like, realms and powers. Like, all those were, like, the creatures or however you want to say it from back in the day. The ones that had the actual influence uh, to, to do those types of things. The Banes so. and stuff like that. So the Yama Kings, obviously, we know were the Banes, powerful Banes. Yeah. And their thing is they just they sought to take everything and shape them to their liking. And, and it's the Age of Legends. They were actually formed in the Second Age, not the okay. Third Age yet. This is when things were forming, when everything split, and then Yama Kings were formed, and then the Ministers of Heaven were formed to fight the Yama Kings. Mm-hmm. So they knew they were going to be a problem. Always Correct. politics, too. Always, always yeah. politics. Fucking ministers, they can't, you know. <laughs> so the Ministers of Heavens actually chose <laughs> humans as their champions, and created big mistake. <laughs> created the Wanzian, the ten thousand immortals. Mm-hmm. They created the vampires to help fight this. Really, they did. They yeah. did. That's what that was their big 
army to fight off. But like, the did, did they need someone to count the enemy's forces or Not one, two, <laughs> all the way to ten thousand? <laughs> but see, so you have to think before we continue. You have to think that these these Kuijin that they've created back in that age, they were different than the modern Kuijin. They weren't fallen, and even then, the Kuijin are not kindred vampires the way you are you know the way you think about it in the western world darkness these guys are sort of like uh risen wraiths where they've died and they've went and repossessed their own body and that's how they attained the powers of of eastern vampirism so totally different guys which yeah which is kind of neat it's its own thing it's very neat yeah they're vampires but not vampires but of course this is also when gaia stepped in and formed the hengiokai because there was not enough to fight off the Yama Kings. The 10,000 vampires was not enough? No. no. I don't remember who San Juan was, by the way. San Juan is uh, just in the fancy, the Eastern, can do the East type term for uh, the triad. The San Juan of the triad. There we go. Because I had missed so, that in my notes. See, now it's coming together. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot, everybody. Yeah. There is a lot. And then to finalize this age off, the lesson taught here is for this age's creation. Each thing was born into the world for a purpose, and never forget that we were born to defend our mother from those who would sully and pervert all the 10,000 things she created. Got something? You no. seem like you have something. Because I said pervert. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? No, no. I'm just, you know, you gotta gotta defend your mother. It's like, I gotta wonder if, like, the Yama Kings, you know, because so like, here's the thing, like an anime. He hasn't gotten into it yet. <laughs> so he hasn't uh, gotten into it yet. You know, from this, from the second age to the third age. You know, the second age they created all these things to do certain purposes. The third age, though, is, in my floor. opinion, yeah. It's, it, but it's also the one that has the most potential for a great like prehistory type stories. If you was going to go into that type of thing, oh, yeah. you know, I'm big in the whole prehistory. The third age is where I would really, really lean into some of those more historical games. That's correct, because it is actually the one that has the most for history on it, and that's the Age of the Legends. Tell us what they did back then there, Tom. Oh, if Porter was reading his notes, I thought he had something. No, no, I think that's interesting, because, again, in my notes in the lexicon, mm-hmm. it cites the Age of Legends as before history, when the Hengiokai first went to war with the Worms forces, where the Fourth Age talks about prehistory into the present millennium. But the book gives it out a little different when you actually dig into them. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just going from the lexicon in the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the book. Because, I mean, digging into it, that's what they, they they were formed in the Second Age. Third Age is when it starts, they start fighting. Everything was formed in the Second. So the Third Age begins as we are ready to do our duty and fight for the Emerald Mother. So I'm piecing these things together. And everything's forming in the Second Age. But everything... First Age. No, First Age, everything is, is one. Second Age is the splitting and forming. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and they know because they're forming that they're going to end up being opposing forces. So, the that third one is now. You've learned your task by the Emerald Mother. <laughs> Do your duty. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm piecing these things together. This is a, it's a whole new thing here. A little bit, and it doesn't follow a, you know like our normal calendar kind of timeline. Ooh, it has not even a little bit. Thing. Right. And also remember, we are still in like fucking prehistory. Yes. That's why I'm. Like, the fifth age yeah. is the modern age. The fifth. So all of this shit, like, it's not Has irrelevant, it, yeah. but it's... But it's relevant. It's background. Yeah, yeah you, background you gotta build the background to right. get to the relevant, because you wouldn't understand the relevant if you didn't Oh, know we still it. might not. <laughs> That's fair, because it's, it's not very Garu, so... It's very different. Let's, so this is where literally all the fighting happened. 
the Hangyokai's ancestors and the first of the middle dragons tasked them to enter the battle to fight the Yama Kings. And they gathered in numbers that had never seen before and crushed the demons back to the Yomi world. But in our arrogance, we followed them to finish them off in their Yomi world. And in that pursuit of glory, they perished. Dun, dun, dun. And the big lesson that is learned in this is acceptance and cooperation. We should not grow too arrogant in our duties to the Emerald Mother that we would overlook our own limitations or presume ourselves the sole defenders of her lands. Literally, we didn't. We we did our duty, but overreached our duty. I was gonna say we you did somebody else's duty, and it caused us to lose a lot. Yep. And then we move on yes, to the fourth thanks. age. If anybody has anything in the third age, but yes, that was just all war against all the Yama kings. So what I like most about the third age, and this is you know kind of outside of Hengiokai, but it is also the same age as like the legendary era over there in in Western. Um, civilization like the the creation of Enoch and all of that type of stuff if you're looking at the western timeline that prehistory pre great flood is going to be mostly of the third age and even like during the flood that's all third age the fourth age doesn't happen until like written history starts and around the uh, the creation of like uh, ancient Mesopotamia and Sumeria and like the second city if you're following vampire lore so it's just like fourth age is post Imperium. Well, and you bring that so. up. It's interesting you bring that up, Grant, as you said, you said Enoch, mm-hmm. which is not only the main character from Boardwalk Empire, but is some sort of weirdo leech city. And it's also a book, if you want to learn about its nightlife, is also a book coming out from the etched in crimson label. Um, and I, I believe we know someone who is in charge of that. Grant, have you, have you heard of Enoch by night? It is on the way, I promise. There have been some several real-life delays. We have a lot of new art coming in, and the, the art comes in, we get it all nailed down, we're going to start pushing out previews. Uh, the book is, is pretty much wrote. It's just getting all the other bangs and whistles you know, all, all figured out. Etch Encryption is a very, very small company. You know, we, we don't do a whole lot. There's not a lot of people that handle all the work. And then anything I'm doing for Weaponized Ink kind of takes me away from Etch Encryption, so... It's, uh, there's only one of me, unfortunately. Unfortunately. No, just, you know, I thought maybe you might know something about it. And I, and I feel like <laughs> when that book lands, if it allegedly, when it allegedly lands, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can bring up a weirdo leech story about home improvement or construction. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's about. I think it's, you even want to do, a, do a whole episode on it. We can do a whole episode on it. We can just, uh, take you to vampire class. I'm, you know, who knows what the future holds. I just, I just, I think it's. You know, it's it's a wonderful story about um, Steve Buscemi learning how to build a city once upon a time, I think. Three years in the making. Uh, but you not by night, everybody. Keep your eyes open. You're saying that. It was interesting what he was saying prior, because the fourth age begins before human history, but also human history was born within this age. The balance that was kept on the human population was thrown to the wind when the Wanzian was greedy and wanted more share of the land. And thus, the War of Shame and the War of Rage happened in that the was gonna fourth be my age. Question. That was going to be my question. Like, how big of a timeline are we looking for? This, this is a big one. Age here. The fourth age is a big one. This is when the War of Rage and the War of Shame happened. Well, and that's the thing. And this is, I'm, I'm, yay, we get to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned before, is the Hengi Yokai did not have a War of Rage. 
But, but it's still it was, it's mentioned this is when it happened. No, that's... But that's not yet. Yeah, I... Right. Yeah. I know, we were getting there, I'm sorry. It, fucking, the timeline exists, right? It's like, you know, the nation was over there having the war. Mm-hmm. The Hengyokai didn't have a war of rage. They instead had the war of shame. Correct. Which is when this whole group, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. who are working together happy crazy, <laughs> fucked off the Asian girl. Yep, the, the Wan Zian did. Because they were jerks. <laughs> and they were evil in the root of all evil. Yeah. And the pharaoh were super big meanies and just picked on the bears. You see what I'm doing here? Yes, I You see love what it. I'm doing here? I love it. And the Gauru on the other side of the world who didn't know about any of this were all horrified at how mean. <laughs> all- <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't. This is great. I couldn't resist. This is great. <laughs> but the war, the war shame was so shameful that they hardly talk about it. It's very shame. It was very, very shame. Sure there's, there's not much to it other than the Wanjian literally convinced them to fight their brothers uh-huh. to make it so that their cairns would be destroyed and they could just come in and swoop in and take those cairns so they could have all the gnosis to themselves. That's, yeah, that's nuts. Because, uh, whew, yeah, <laughs> they fucked off the bears. They did. They did. They fucked off the bears. They killed them all off. But here, here's the thing, too. Is we also have the Naga, and those aren't bears, though. No, you're right; they're not. Okay, were they drunk on Panda Mystery? They probably, <laughs> probably yes, is the answer. The Naga claimed to be so good at their jobs that if it weren't for the bears getting fucked off, they would have gotten fucked off too. How does that work? So. They were almost wiped completely out. The Naga. The Naga were. <laughs> the Naga were, yeah. Yeah. They said the only ones who had it harder than them were the Akumai. Is that what we're saying it? The, the girl. Uh, so the you can say the Okumi or you can say the, depending on the edition. Like right. In the Hingi Yokai book, they're considered the Okuma. You know, not to be confused with the Akuma. There's right. Letter right. Exactly. Oh, and that's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but they also said that, you know, that they didn't, they weren't killed off like a lot of uh, the War of Rage history says that you know, the other Garal was like killed off for the most part. The in the Hengi Yokai book, they don't say that the Okuma were killed off. They just said that they went to the mountains and they disappeared. Which means, hey, you know, if you read between the lines, the whole you know sub tribe of Okuma Garal went into the mountains in Asia and you know went into their deep hibernation sleep, the sleep of ages. Which is somehow so less they still shameful. Exist. <laughs> I was going to say it's less shameful. Well, in my it's opinion, less that, that means that they, they still exist, and when shit hits the van, they can wake up. I believe we covered that in the book, too. Mm-hmm. We may we may have. It's been a while. It has been a while, but um, I do remember that when we covered that. But again, that's not very shameful. It's like, why are we so ashamed? They're ashamed that what? they fought. Is it because they're sleeping so late? Did they miss work? The, the big work. thing they're ashamed yeah. about is spreading their blood of their brethren. Or, or are they so miss? Are, uh, you know, is is there so few of them? Maybe because they didn't breed. Because remember, they had a no very strict stuff. rule. Yeah, no hand stuff even. So they, you know, they needed the permission to breed. And we're talking I mean, pandas. The- Look, we we got pandas. There's yep. a correlation here. Let's say they're, that's, they're the human pandas, you know. That's, that's a double panda. Double panda effect means very little Okuma. Have have heaven mandated no hand stuff. Everything's got to be PG. I mean, you bring up valid points. No, no pandas. No, we solved it. 
You do bring up a valid point. Spin the wheel, guys. We beat the we beat the, the fifth age. The sixth age is over. We win. <laughs> so circling around just to top <laughs> off this fourth age, though. Yes, because they do. Everything has a lesson. So the lesson that was learned in this one is that there's no one constant answer to problems. We attacked our brethren in the name of duty. This was wrong. We know from the third age that we must have allies, but the fourth teaches us not to follow their counsel blindly. There are many roads to virtue, and only a foolish person would refuse to set foot on more than one. Hmm. And now to current time. I think that was the fortune from my dinner the other night. <laughs> I love that their exactly. lessons are taught with like little fortunes. I'm not going to lie. They, they have little... I love it. It just makes me enjoy this book more. Because it comes with a cookie. A fortune cookie. <laughs> I mean... Just adding to the counter. <laughs> Danny's keeping count. I might be off by one or two. I think you're off by two right now. That's so right. the we fifth age, the age of shadows. Which is now. Which is current. Well, say, yeah. well, it was then. Then and now. I was going to say, this has got to be another one of those long periods of time. Right? Very, because this is where the Impergium and it furthers on. Well, the again, the, the lexicon in the beginning called the, the fourth age prehistory until the present millennium. Okay. I thought Impergium would fall here because they'd, they'd said War of Rage and the War of Shame. Well, I'm so sure with the Age of Testing, sure. Yes. I, like, I'm not so much arguing. Is it just it said a different thing earlier in the book or later in the book? Earlier in the book. In the lexicon. Elsewhere yes. in the book. Elsewhere in the book. Elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's then, there's now. Right. So it's like, it's like it's, yeah, right, let's go on Red Talent time. So, so the little <laughs> feather in the hat that starts with the Fifth Age is the Fifth Age came to be with the arrival of the Westerners. So this is when the Sunset people are now making their way to the east. Bastards. Get out of our land. Get off my lawn. Nice. <laughs> nice. And this is where the Weaver's presence is now stretching further across the Middle Kingdom each day, and the Mirrorlands are beginning to rot. Hmm. The Mirrorlands is the Umbra. It's the Umbra. Yes. Penumbra, to be exact, right? Yes. It's the Penumbra. Yeah, because they have different names for these two. They have different names for everything. So. I don't think it's so weird. I, I enjoy it. I mean, I, it's a I, different it, thing. It's no, it, cool. Yeah, but, but it's, you know, when you've spent years, so many years yeah. researching werewolf and then there's this. When you're like, yeah, we got to go to the cairn. And I'm like, yeah, what's up with that dragon nest, yo? <laughs> and this is the age. Same thing, this, by the way. Yeah, same thing. Same yeah. thing. <laughs> it's true. And this is the age where the high dragons have fallen into sickly slumber. Hmm. So losing that connection as well. The Hengioka are slowly being whittled down. <laughs> It's a war of attrition, and they are losing. Yes. Which, good? Well, no, because this like this is still, it's a different game. Yes. But it's still part. Right. You know, so like if they were winning, I don't know how much of a game that would be. <laughs> Only you can sit back because you're already fine. I mean, really, it's a matter of time before you win. You've got the air superiority. You've got the, you've got the fishmen, and they're down there. They're, they got their groove on. <laughs> You got the air people with the birds, and, and there's tigers and shit. You're fine. You don't need to participate. Just go to go to a bathhouse or something. I don't know. Relax, because <laughs> everything will be fine. That's not much of a game, frankly. I don't no, want to play that game. But like, I want to be the underdog. And just so I can like throw little bits and pieces in here, because now we have the con or the wear tigers. Con. <laughs> but like, and it's it's funny you say that because yes, they're they're dwindling down, right? Mm-hmm. The Khan believe that no more than one Khan should be in any kind of group among the Hengaioke. So if you have, we'll, we'll call them packs, 
you have a pack, there's going to be... Yep. Yeah, thank you. There's going to be no more than one con, because they believe there's only so many of us. Why have 20% taken out with one swipe? See, I think I think there are two... I have two alternate takes okay. on this. Okay. As I think the real reason might be, A, because they believe that they're so awesome. Well, that... It uh, only requires one they, of them. Right. Yeah, the, they, they, yeah they... They do have the mantra to them. Or... They can't fucking stand each other. It's that too. It's yeah, both it's, it's all three it's, of them. It's, it's both, right? It's all three of them. Like I don't want to be around this asshole. Yep. <laughs> one to a group. One to a group. All right. <laughs> it's. it's I, I I'll say it's a combination of all three of those things. I and you know what? I didn't know that. I just know what the con are. <laughs> both are true, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, they're very much a. Uh, I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. Well, I'd also like to point out, and I think this might be a good time to dip into what the races of the Hengio guy are. Perfect that, time, because the Fifth Age in the book, they copped out and went, this is modern time, you'll learn it as you go. Well, yeah, well, that's the current setting. So, <laughs> exactly, like, but figure the, book, out, stupid. the book copped out and gave you nothing and said, "This, you'll learn it as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that, though, right? Yep. And then there's no lesson to be taught, because once the lesson is learned, we move to the Sixth Age. And then everyone's dead, so fuck off. <laughs> and the Sixth Age is, yes, the Age of the Apocalypse, so... So, yeah, no, I think first things first, and actually, because we started talking about the con, I don't, mm-hmm. they don't have to be first, but it's worth noting that everyone has, not everyone, the Naga as well, mm-hmm. ha- has their own special Hengiokai name. The con. Or the con, The con, Because, yep. of course, they yep. are. Because they don't get important. a special name. No, because they're not special. <laughs> Take that, dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kind of the, like, they're... They consider themselves champions. Of course they are. Yeah. But you know what? They still poop in a box, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> when when you said that, I pictured you fixing your tie. <laughs> they're champions. Hmm. My monocle. But they're they're kind of like the generals of each of the uh, senpai. Sentai. Sentai. Sen- sentai. Senpai's they, teacher. They're, they're kind of the generals of the sentai. Again, and no more than one, because... Don't take too many of us out at once. Because the box isn't big enough for them all to shit in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they argue about who's going to clean it. <laughs> so the contrasting aspect of that, though, is that there's more con in the Beast Court than any other uh, pharaoh. Elaborate. Like, there's numbers-wise, there's more con throughout the Beast Courts than any other pharaoh. It says I, it in, in the book that there's mm-hmm. more of them than any of the others. So then so, how do they follow is, this rule, then? That's that's why it's funny. I kind of don't believe that. Like, I believe it says it in the books, mm-hmm. but I kind of call... You, you mean to tell me that there are more fucking tigers than rats? Mm. Like, that shit's suspect immediately. I think there's more tigers than rats that are willing to play ball with everyone else. You know? You gotta think that... That's... That's fair. Okay, okay. I'll... Retract that a little bit, yeah. Only a little, though. Yeah, because that's a good argument. <laughs> that, yeah, that's all right. I'm not even going to attempt to dismantle that argument. You win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would be say, here for a while. <laughs> they even say that like, if you see more than one con together, it's most likely because the threat is big. No, it's because the one is training like a cub. Okay, and only one. <laughs> you only get one trainer. Well, you know they're not going to they're not going to vie for who's going to be. They're going to put up so with sass mouth of other con. Well, that's, that's the other thing, too. Go ahead, Grant. Here's, here's another little point that kind of makes no sense that I think is hilarious. Con are rare outside of Japan. So if they're the most common in the beast courts, 
but yet they're rare outside of Japan. How common are Sentai throughout the abuse courts to begin with? Oh, there's there's a lot of holes. That's a really good. That's, that's a good hole in that one right there because there's more than just Japan for beast courts. There's it's that whole Asian area. So that's come on, pretty great. <laughs> but so, but at the same time, their whole thing was there to gain the secrets of the enemies. Are they also assholes and not share those secrets? Exactly. They only <laughs> they they find here but comes secretly, Yep. They secretly find those secrets. Like stealthily, if you will. No, I like secretly find the secrets. Yeah, That's secretly a great find. We'll, we'll find. We'll go secretly find the secrets. But they don't give the secrets away. They hold them on because they're to themselves. <laughs> they hold on to them themselves. Don't worry, guys. Hall pass has it. As is, is, is perfect, perfect best step behavior. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> the information is only privy to them, is how they see it. And again, them being the quote unquote generals, right? Right. So, like, I, I had him in order of the book, so that was, like, number two. But number one being was the Hakan. Oh, we're going to start with, well, we didn't start with them. But. No, but. Jump around. Well, jump, jump, jump around. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I like, just, like sorry, instead I of House of Pain, you went with Criss Cross. <laughs> That's true. I just refused to jump around in the history. Like, you had to follow that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the Hakan. Might as well jump. Yep, they might as well jump. The the Japanese Shadow Lords. Yes. So they're the Garu of the Hengeoke. Yes. And eventually the Stargazers mm-hmm. join the Beast Courts, but this eventually. is predated, you know, right. we're because we're talking about the Hengeokai book. Yeah. So, you know, Stargazers yet. Yeah, that's yeah, I I have that down, but it's like, nope, they're not part of this yet. They I mean, like they exist. We're, we're getting exist, there. But they're not yet. They're getting right. there. Of course, you have the, the Chinese uh, glasswalkers as well, but they kind of... They do their own thing? Well, they just kind of get screwed. They, they just kind of got brushed aside. <laughs> they do their away. own thing, but I thought they weren't officially in the Beast Course. They didn't fully... What is it called? Well, see, I can't tell you shit about them because, you know, where's their presence? You know, they're they're brought up in the Cairn book. Mm-hmm. Grant, <laughs> we're hoping you could... Talking about the... Uh, concern- Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about all the different layers of the Farah and the beast courts and where they've come into things. And, you know, I was thinking about the fact that although the Hawken are predominant in the beast courts and the stargazers did sort of flirt in and out of joining the beast courts. And in the revised edition, they joined the beast courts on mass. You did have other, other breeds of guru that, you know, should have been part of the beast courts from time to time, such as the red talents. And like you said, that, that particular camp of glass walkers, yeah, and then you circle all that back around to to the Kitsune and how they interplay and things, and it just gets to be a, a, a you know a big twisted bowl of ramen, so to speak. <laughs> I like the way he put that, that. That was a long way around for that. I've got to applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really good, Grant. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting, and I, I don't know if, if either one of these guys were looking at me during it. I was looking at my notes. All right, but like I was waiting for that shoe to drop, and you, <laughs> you dropped that wooden some bitch proper. <laughs> Has another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're behind by two. We're at twenty. Really? Or nineteen? We're at nineteen right now. But for yeah, for all intents and purposes, um, yeah, there are other factions that have flirted with, but at the time. That this is set. This is right. the book. This edition that we are looking at. The Hakan are the only Garu right. in the Beast Courts, Correct. and that's why I brought it up in the beginning because, like, 
six people oh, yeah. immediately <laughs> went, what about like the bullish we? I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but that's the, the glasswalkers right. or what? Well, they're not here, so we're not talking about them. I, right? I remember there was but. the little blurb on the glasswalkers in my history, and it was they were flirting with joining, but they never did. Yeah, like there's they were They were guy. just like helping it, it, when help going, was yeah. needed. If we're going with the timelines here, and again, reading their own section here, it's the Japanese Shadow Lords. Yeah. 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 It's what that kind of, and I mean, they're not Shadow Lords. No, they are not like the Shadow Lords. No. They are samurai. Yes. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) They they even say, like, they kind of, I don't want to say, how, how do I, do they really despise? The Western Shadow Lords? Oh, no. They First, the Hengyokai despise Western Garu, full stop. That's, yeah, I guess we can use it to despise them. You know, the, the Haken totally looked down on every Western Garu. <laughs> yeah. They're pieces of shit. And it, it's funny you bring that up because, and I know I've, I've mentioned this before, is the character that was the precursor to Jude mm-hmm. was going to be okay. a Haken. Yeah. Hmm. And the idea was because the, the Haken, they have a problem... With their wolf kinfolk. Right. It's a dwindling number. Right. And rapidly dwindling. It has a problem. So the concept of the character was is he was going to, you know, visit the West to learn how to connect with the, like learn from the Western guy or from the nation how to connect with, with the wolf kinfolk. And maybe if he could. Learn the secrets. Borrow some. <laughs> borrow. Try, try to get an in with the red talent. Maybe? You know, get, you know, bring home a few or whatever. <laughs> borrow. I yeah. like that. Borrow. Borrow. Unquote, you, borrow. Can, can I borrow a cup of kinfolk? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I want some more. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones will you choose? <laughs> 20. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, that was the concept of the character. And I was going to do this kind of fish out of water coming to America sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And this also goes back into the be careful how you kind of cross the yeah, streams. How you mix the streams here. Because I'm looking down the barrel of this chronicle with this character, Kakato Kanzaki. Good Love name. my alliteration. Thank Good you. Name. Thank you. So taken from two separate anime characters. Yes, yes, uh-huh. I know. I nice. know both those names. So I was like, nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah, hit all it all hit all the buttons, right? You got the alliteration, you got the reference, we're fucking we're we're good to go. But I realized is I was gonna get sick of playing this character. Oh, it's a gimmick. Yeah, it's a it's, it was totally a gimmick character. I was gonna get sick of it, like almost immediately. I'd have to make two stories and I'd have been bored. <laughs> because like, okay, I'm gonna have to like, nah, there's gonna be the culture shock. Right. About America culture. And then Oh, the Gyro Nation, and I'm going to be disgusted by these stupid Western cousins and their ignorance, and they're smelly and dirty, and they're infighting, and uh, who cares? Yeah, like, and I'm already bored. I'm already tired of playing that character. It's understandable. And then you're going to be fighting the whole time of trying to get that information, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, yeah. And so again, that it's a it's a lesson of don't make don't make gimmick characters, and make sure before you do a thing that you're going to be able to commit to it. Because, like, I would have. I would have been able to. I just mm-hmm. would have been bored and miserable for the entire time. And that's not, that's rarely my motivation for doing things. And that's if you're actually even mean, plays ball and allows true. that to keep furthering. No, that's true. Because you know? that's the other thing. you got to have the ST that's going to play approval. ball. Because yeah. Yeah. they have to write that into the story. Yeah, you have to factor in this yeah. asshole. Yep. <laughs> Now, yeah, I mean, leaning back into the Hawken, you know, the, you know they, they follow generally the, the code of Bashir. So if you were to incorporate a, a Hawking character into your Western games outside of the culture stock and all that stuff, you would have to lean into 
that that code of honor and that would oh, be the one time. one way that you could really sort of do it maybe the pack does something where they incur a debt of honor the hawken incurs a debt on to the pack and that's why they're involved with the pack oh sure i mean that could be a way you do it but at the end of the day yeah you only have your limited choices there yeah, it's, it's temporary character. It's not a it's not a chronicle to chronicle character for no, sure. No, it's not. And, and again, it was just again, it was an abject, abject lesson about being careful how you use that shit. Mm-hmm. A little callback. But now building on the Bushido thing, it's super rad. It is. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Like it back is. in back back over here to the east. We're, we're we're leaving the west behind again. Yeah. And no, super yeah, it's, cool. It's very, very honorable kind of state. And and something I really enjoy reading about this is they, they all carry two swords. They, yes. they, a katana and a wakashi, mm-hmm. and together it's the zadia show or daisho. 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 Okay. Now those are to signify like rank, which is cooler to me than the khan being the generals. <laughs> well, also they use toilets. <laughs> That's actually a Very fact. True. Yes. But they use daisho for signs of mercy. So. These are more for mercy killings, I guess, if you want to go that way. Mm-hmm. They're super sharp, but they're not nearly as lethal as claws and fangs. They're still werewolves. They will still fuck you up. Very true. Very, very true. They're, they're still... Well, yeah, if you look into Bushido, like the the romanticized version of Bushido that we're exposed to in the West is pretty far from what Bushido actually was. It, even though it was a code of honor, it was still a warrior's code first, and being part of a warrior is code is, I mean, there's, there's murder and death and violence involved in that. And it's just a, a nice way to say that, Hey, this is a code of war that these guys were following, but mm-hmm. war is still war. So that's true. But I mean, there's the high war and the low war. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. and that high war, that honorable combat is very much in the wheelhouse of the Ken mm-hmm. who would look down on the shadow Lords who would perform yep, the low war. And do the low war. Yes. Yeah, we'll right. get there with, uh, you know what? I'll skip right to him. Oh no. Yeah. Oh darn. Oh, the Nazumi. Oh, my favorite. Really? <laughs> they are. They are my favorite of uh of all the Hangiokai. The Nazumi, um, for me, they, they have the most dynamicism and depth that you can add to games because they do have a lot of variants. And if you take the, the Ratkin whole as a whole into it, like why are the Nazumi actually in the Beast Courts? You know, are they actually following, you know, the the beast court ideals or are they just biding their time until you know the big boys and ratkin proper say hey times have fucking happened you know we've hit the switch you know um, activate operation take out china no i, I mean has the densest population and the ratkin's original thing from from gaia is to control humans so of course they're going to have this massive population of, of nizumi just hiding out and waiting in china for the shoe to drop and say all right this is how we take them out if if I was going to do an apocalypse where the the Ratkin are the ones instigating things, I would say that Azumi doing stuff in China would be the first step. I just want some General Sows. <laughs> Grant's talking about Chinese takeout. They're breeding faster than the Ratkin in the West, so there's even more of them than you think of. Oh, but I thought well, you I just thought you said, said yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Mister Tiger Number Man. Yeah, that's why it's funny. And there's so many holes in that plot line. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> But like, to give the writers a little bit of credit, I think what they were intending to say is that they're more con, and that they, they clarify this in W20. That's why I believe that they actually meant this. They were saying that there's more con in the Beast Courts than, in, than of any other best at there. 
So that's well, the, my well. That can't be true to. because <laughs> there's no mention of other masks. <laughs> All right. Now, also with the the Nizumi, they're another form of balance. They're they're preventing these villages from growing too fast. It's true. They use whatever they can, especially plague and and sickness. But they're there to help keep the balance. They they even used them as the yang. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you say that, right? Mm-hmm. And we know. I I don't want to say. I don't want to say no because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not there. I, I know. I'm, like, there's there's I a lot of what you're trying to say, right? There's a lot of places I've never been, mm-hmm. and Asia include is like all all of them. Like all of them <laughs> all, are in, all of the things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this is not a side of the world I'm familiar with, right? But I just absorb a lot of media, sure. And again, we we bring up that this is more an idealized style's fictional yes. version, and not so much the real version. So I feel like that's kind of fair game because mm-hmm. it's absolutely what was influencing the writers. Oh, I agree. But you think of all these, like these these little tiny villages, you know, all throughout you know Asia. These you know little tiny fishing village here, and here's right. a little farming village. Like it's so far away from like Tokyo or you know. Or Seoul, or what you know, wherever, and so like I can't help but feel that not only have they done a pretty good job, right? By you know, if you contrast with the West, where everything is everywhere always, I mean, I think it, it's a point of pride. I think for us is like there's like twelve pizza places within spitting distance from here, right? That's true. <laughs> by the way, hundred percent yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> but no, no, the, the idea that you know, we compare it to the West, right? They've done a much better job keeping the population down. I mean, you could make that argument, but also it, it ties a little bit into the Umber to where there are places in the beast courts where the, the gauntlet is so fucking paper thin. And I'm not just talking cairns, hmm. you know, and I, I don't know that it's fair to attribute some of that success, if you will, to the Nazume, but I'm gonna anyway, and you can't stop me. Let me say, why not? It makes sense, yeah. though. That's the thing. I mean, if they're the ones that are calling the population and keeping it under control, they're keeping the Weaver influence low. No, and see, that's that's my point. But also, I'm used to again the Western game the, in the nation where all of the other changing breeds kind of suck at their jobs. <laughs> they're not unified. Right. There's reasons for it. Oh, Look, yeah. I'm not, that's, that's not what we're here for. But there's a lot of people in America, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of Starbuckses. <laughs> Far too many. And whose fault is that? <laughs> you had one job, Ratkin. <laughs> They're still making new numbers. Where? I know. <laughs> but the whole point of bringing the Nozumi in next were. Because the Haken were the masters of the high war, high war whereas Nizumi, you're kind of the masters of the low war. A good, a good way to look at them, if you really want to break it down, is like they're, they're like the ninjas. Yeah. The oh, Haken yeah. are the samurai, the Nizumi are the ninjas. Yeah. They are. They did do that parallel where the Haken are the, the samurai of, of the, the beast courts and the Nizumi are the ninja. You know, At the same time, I can't help but think that the writers of the Nizumi you know, they were rocking some of those uh, those old school Sega Genesis games, and they just had to take the opportunity to throw Slate in there. You know, I mean, everyone loves Slate. <laughs> I'll give them that. That's, that's right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done. So, and they can tie it in with uh, Splinter. So you got Splinter, Ninjas, Rats, Slate. It all makes perfect sense. Well, that's right up there. That's the three Bs. Look at that. That's the three Bs. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> Also, I want to point out that there's a piece of art in in that book mm-hmm. with, with the Nizume, where, there, where there's the one with, I believe it's a, he's got a kunai in his tail. 
Yeah. It's fucking rad. It is. It's an awesome I, picture. I love the idea of of a couple rat kings just hucking kunai and shuriken with their tail. Oh, yeah. I could see it. No, every one of the pictures for the Nizume, I just I kept thinking of Master Splinter. That's fine. I would, too. <laughs> every single one of them. I couldn't. I couldn't not. Really, it's a missed opportunity for the uh, Macaulay to not be turtle. There was the was the turtle offshoot. Mm-hmm. Not in, it's just a missed nope. opportunity, right? Fucking, you drop the ball, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think they were going with a different angle with Alf, and I think that's why they couldn't really fit them in. Well, or they just didn't. You know, they just didn't take the opportunity. Well, I think. It, I mean, I make a little joke, but honestly, it, it was the time it came out. Was was like a low point for that franchise. Oh, okay. That's Facts. Saying, yeah. True story. Yeah. So, like, if they would have done it, they'd have been laughed off the stage. Oh. No one would have respected it. Everyone would have rolled their eyes. When they made fucking Ninja Turtles, that's so stupid. <sighs> it, it would have. They just shot themselves in the foot. So, like, I'm glad they didn't. It, it's fine that we can tell that joke right now. But yeah. No, I may have liked it more. But, you know, I'm biased. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you and me were, were very biased upon that. And maybe a lot of other people, too. But Maybe, but we are today. Today. Right. Not through the 1998 lens. <laughs> That's when the book came out. Right. So, fucking. I missed that lens. Yeah, it was a nice lens. So, are we going to talk about the con again, since we already mentioned it? Uh, there's a couple points that I would like to mention about the con. No, yeah, we'll, we'll dip back to the con. Go for it. So one big thing that I think is interesting with the con is that unlike other Bastet, they can actually take the ancestors background. And that's, that's pretty huge to me because that's, that means that they're not like lost in the sauce. Like a lot of the other ones are lost. In the lost sauce. I'm using that later. That, that is interesting. And that's actually going to tie into an umbral realm later. But speaking of the umbra, I don't honestly know if I said this already, because there's just so much shit. <laughs> For probably not. <laughs> right. So, like, if I did, I guess it's going to get cut. But something I thought was pretty cool in, in terms of the, the Sentai, mm-hmm. you know, which, again, is that that's the pack. And they're, they're different types. There's a mountain Sentai and a – I forget the other one right now. It doesn't fucking matter. But with the mountain Sentai, the, um, you can still set up an opener of the way okay. for the Umbra, like, you know, like a regular Garu pack. The thing is – is with a Sentai, with, with this mountain Sentai, the opener of the way. The Farah, members of the Beast Courts that normally can't access the Umbra, can follow. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Which, again, rolls back to the Khan, who, you know, normally a, a Bastet can't get to the Umbra without a Den Realm. Or, I think, a specific gift at, like, rank three or something. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Khan, I think it was rank four. Okay. But Still, Bastet, again, yeah. they need a special gift or to be in a Den Realm. So... You know, when they're with their pack, they can follow the opener of the way. And like the Macaulay also normally, like, so if, yeah, if there's a affair that normally can't hit the Umbra, they can going with their Sentai specifically. Okay. Which I thought was cool. And again, there is a realm dedicated to ancestors. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So again, the the con being able to contact it, it's, it's a big deal. Um, Very huge deal. Yes. Did you have more on the con there, Grant? Um, I mean, we can. <laughs> We can, you know, go pretty deep into them by themselves. You know, I, I do like the fact that out of out of all the best that they're much more varied than usual. You know, they, they even though they have like solitary lives like the other best that because of their Nihengiokai, they actually have this this social structure that they're still with. And, you know, they they kind of really balance out the the methodology of warfare that the Hawken actually bring in you know while hawken are all about doing things honorably 
you know, the Connor Moore worried about, let's just kill them all. Just kill them all however we can. It doesn't matter. So unlike the Nizumi, who's like, let's do it from the shadows, and the Hawkins, like, let's do it straight up on the open battlefield. The Connor is sort of like the swing where it's like, hey, let's let's choose the battle that's most appropriate for our successes in this environment. Which is why I, I appreciate the whole general aspect. Doesn't mean I fully agree that they should be the general of each of these Sentais, but I can appreciate why. Well, they have the courtesy right. to knock on the door first and not just walk in. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes conventionally fighting is, is better than uh, stabbing them in the back. So, yeah, it, I think it's appropriate um, that they are the general a lot of times because there is there is battles that is it's more appropriate and had more uh, advantage to just go straight up uh, than, you know, having the Nazumi go through and then wait till they're asleep and then taking it out when they're not noticing and not paying attention. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I actually like the con in, in that position and still think that they're the general like the Philodox, unlike the Aurus. Agreed. No reporter to say nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually appreciate. I want to say the different roles that that each member, uh, each type in the beast courts that, that that they fill. You know, when you get a D and D player in, right? I mean, this obviously isn't always, but you know, when people come in from other games, it's often difficult for them to get a grasp on. on I want to say the nuance or the the methodology of the world of darkness. Uh, yeah, I, I can go with methodology. You know, people are used to, and again, d- depending on your game, right? They're they're used to, you know, stats. Yeah, the numbers. You know, the dueling Excel sheets or building a character looks like in D anD D is not what building a character is in the world of darkness. But you know, as much as you look at the auspices, right, and you can sell those to a D anD D player, for example, as as job classes, I think that that transition works a lot better with the Hengi Okai. Oh, okay. You're going that direction. You know, yeah. Forget auspice at that point. Right. But I mean, let's look at how we've been talking. You, you've got the, the Haken who are the samurai, the Nazume who are your ninjas to, to be able to break that down. There's, there's the archetype, the trope there mm-hmm. that seems to fit with each member of the beast courts better, you know, based on the race. And, and it's, a, it's an easier, um, I think it's an easier sell. I can agree. Like it's more simplistic, but it's not simple. Yeah, yeah I concur. I, I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, it, it's just an easier sell. It, it's definitely not simple, but it's easier to grasp. I, I think it's. I think it's a good thing. You know, it's it's not the gyration. Right. We're not measuring here. No. <laughs> That's why I appreciate this game. Just in general, it's it's never about measuring. But hey, we're just scratching the surface on the members of the Beast Courts, um, on the way of life of the Beast Courts, on what's going on in the Umbra. There's, there's more to talk about, and we are going to do that. As always, thank you for listening to the show. We thank you for your support. Grant, great to have you with us. And See everyone else whenever we get back to it. <laughs> two weeks, we promise. We yep. swearsies. So on behalf of everyone here at Scratch Wolf Studio, we want to say take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Keep your claw sharp and your head in the swivel. We'll see you. Waxing off from a, a scratching roof studio. It is time for Ancient Secret Chinese Time. Hingyokai Edition. Coming at you to uh, build your railroad. Not sorry. No comment.